This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Michelle McAdoo, and for Mary Margaret Miller, here today with Kamel King. And as we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state, letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a great place to live. So today, we're starting our road trip in Jackson for the 38th annual Fair Street Heritage Festival. Then we'll move to Hattiesburg for the Pine Belt Fiber Arts and Quilt Show. After that, we'll head to Hernando and visit with Cedar Hill Farms, Pumpkin Patch, and Corn Maze, and end the show with musician Satchmo Flanagan. So don't go far, because you don't want to miss the ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo, and for Mary Margaret Miller, here today with Kamel King. And as we do each and every Friday, we'll travel through the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi great. Well, today, we'll start our road trip in Jackson. Yes. Of course. And welcome someone that you kind of know, huh? I know him a little bit. I know him just a little bit. You can give us some secrets, huh? He's probably on the phone cringing right I now. I know, man. Uh, this is so awesome to be interviewing <laughs> my best friend, my mentor, my everything other than my mother, of course, my dad, Lee King. See, I'm about to cry now. He said my best friend. That, that's so beautiful. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> him and my him and my mom, they, that's it right there. Well, let's let the people know. Again, we are actually talking to the icon, the music industry icon himself, yeah. Lee King. And he's here to talk about the 38th annual, 38th, 38th annual years. Fair Street Heritage Festival. Good morning, Mr. King. Good morning, good morning, good morning. You better say 38, John. I don't want to lose them eight years. <laughs> no. I, I, Go ahead. I uh-huh. did every bit of those 38 years. I know, because I think, I don't know, I'll be 40, you know, in a couple of months. Ooh, but don't uh, tell me. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> the beginnings of the Fair Street Festival, and that's what I want to talk about today. Of course, what you have planned, but let's talk about the history of how it all began. Well, the Ferris Street Heritage uh, Festival began as the namesake that, that's there, Heritage. Uh, Ferris Street has a rich heritage of uh, entertainment, uh, restaurants. It was a mecca for African Americans uh, during its heyday, and one of the spots that everybody, regardless of where they were in the state of Mississippi, if they wanted to come to Jackson and they, if they really wanted to uh, have a good time, uh, they would come to Fair Street. We had people like Duke Ellington, James Brown, uh, almost everybody that you can think of, Betsy Smith, uh, uh, Cab Calloway. All of these entertainers converged on um, Ferris Street and entertained the folks. And uh, 
if you wanted to go out, there was only one place to go, and that was Ferris Street. So as Ferris Street over the years have changed and evolved, uh, and the clubs and, and the restaurants and that sort of thing kind of waned, uh, we started Ferris Street 38 years ago to keep the heritage going and to keep the music. Uh, you know, after all, we know that Mississippi is the birthplace of America's music. Right. And we got to say that Fair Street is the birthplace of our blues heritage and uh, African-American heritage. So uh, we've endeavored to keep that going for all of these years. Well, King, let's talk a little bit about you. Of course, I have grown up with you and seen a lot of this, and, and a lot of it I, I didn't see because I wasn't around. But uh, why don't you tell our, our listeners about how you came to Mississippi, how you got started in the industry? Because outside of the Fair Street Festival, you are no rookie to any part of the entertainment game. Give them a little synopsis of your history. Well, I came to Jackson by a way of working for entertainer James Brown. I started off being a radio announcer when I was 10 years old, won a big dance contest in the state of Louisiana uh, that propelled me into radio, and I started being a radio announcer. And I did that for a while and uh, decided to go for the highest uh, uh, acclimate you could have in radio, which was a engineer's license. So uh, I endeavored to, to, to uh, get an engineer's license, and at that time, there were a handful of African-Americans with an electrical engineer's license. So I got a scholarship to go to school to be uh, to get that license and to be an electrical engineer. Uh, I, I, I'm glad to say that I passed and, and uh, was certified as an electrical engineer for radio and television. James Brown read about it because he said I was the youngest African-American in the United States with a first-class engineer's license. He had just bought three radio stations, and he needed an engineer uh, to work at his radio stations, and he tried to be pro-black and hire African-Americans throughout his uh, organization. Well, his his uh, search ended up finding me uh, and asked me would I come and uh, be his electrical engineer and radio announcer, and I went and uh, there to, for the station WRDW in Augusta, Georgia, to be that. And I worked for James Brown doing that. And he then started taking me on the road, uh, road managing and, and uh, learning how to do concerts. And I did that for about four and a half years. Got tired of doing that and wanted to do something else. And uh, he said to me, well, where would you go? What would you do? And I, out of the blue, I said, I'll go to Mississippi. And he laughed at me so strong. <laughs> uh, I mean, boy, he fell out laughing and uh, had everybody else in the room laughing with him. And I made him a substantial bet that I would come to Mississippi. He said, well, if you go to Mississippi with your militancy, you'll be hung probably. I'll give you a month, maybe two. And I, I, our bet was that I would last longer than two months. And I've been here now for 40 Eight years. Wow. So uh, he lost a bet. He lost a bet. I'm telling you. And look, we're so happy you came here because I know we got to get back to the Fair Street Festival, but I have to. I would be remiss if I did not talk about Black Gold. Black Gold. You, Lee King, I have to say, Java, one of the producers here, we were talking about your show yesterday and how every Saturday morning we would get up and, you know, you had Solid Gold after that. With Black Gold was the show you watched to watch the new dances. 
faces yeah. and watch people yeah. you knew, Bridget Archer and the people you knew, Hollis, Hollis Pittman. Pippen. Oh, my God, I miss him. Hollis Pittman and all the people. I mean, it was so personable and great, you know, at the same yeah. time. So tell us just quickly, how did you come up with Black Gold and how challenging was it? Well, it was a huge challenge. I, I, I left James Brown. He said he was going to buy a television station. I had this idea of Black Gold, and that's where it was going to be born. And when he decided not to buy it, then I ended up in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I uh, was looking at the radio uh, television stations to find out the best one to go to. Well, I went to all of them. I got turned down by all of them. Mm. And it took me about a year uh, walking the streets back and forth uh, trying to trying to get them to uh, listen to me. And WLBT finally got tired of me and mm. said, okay, we're going to give you a shot. Go back there in the back. Let's see what you can do. And uh, I went back there and danced and, and uh, introduced records. They loved it. And they said, I tell you what, we'll give you two weeks. Then let's see how you're going to do in two weeks. Well, uh, it lasted 21 years. So number one turned into 21 in this time before. slot. Yes, number one in this yeah. time slot. So let's talk number about one. the hair, uh, the Fair Street Festival. You know, this is the longest consecutive, consecutively produced African-American festival in the state of Mississippi. That's big. And, and you've been doing it for 38 years. Can you tell us the secret? The secret is is uh, really uh, having the uh, uh, the courage to continue it regardless of what. Well, our funding has uh, dwindled year after year after year, and uh, we have uh, put on this festival with a, with, with a shoestring uh, budget. And the people keep coming because we keep giving them quality shows. And even though the budget is oftentimes small, we find a way to put it on because people – uh, uh, identify with the uh, uh, the Ferris Street Festival and its heritage. They want to be a part of it. And the community love to come out and have an open-door concert uh, and festival. You know, right now, there is none left other than the uh, Ferris Street Festival. We are right now the only festival uh, in Jackson, Mississippi. Now, there's one in Greenville, uh, but Jackson, Mississippi, we are it. As far as being a big festival, we have the Lynch Street Festival. Uh, it's not as large, but uh, uh, we just try to keep it going because of the heritage that we've uh, had for all these many years. So, t- oh, now, so the, ev- t- yeah, the event is in conjunction with the W.C. Gordon Football Classic, and you, uh, you guys have always had a, a great relationship with Jackson State and uh, the Tiger Fund. Uh, tell us why it's always in conjunction with W.C. Gordon. Well, W.C. Gordon Classic, uh, football classic, is the first game of the year. And we designated and went and made a deal with uh, uh, Jackson State University that we would try to uplift uh, that that football game as well. And uh, it it would be nothing like folks being able to go to a football game and leave and have some fantastic entertainment and a place to go. So we forged a deal with uh, Jackson State many years ago to attach ourselves with the W.C. Gordon Classic, and it is always the first game of the year. And what we also do is give the anybody who go to the game would get a discount ticket if you bring the ticket stub verifying that you did go to that game. So it's been a great long-lasting relationship, and uh, we love to do it every year. Right. So tonight is the kickoff pep rally for the game and the Fair Street Festival. You have, what, the Sonic Boom of the South, the cheerleaders, the mascot, and Coach Tony Hughes. And tell us a little more about your live entertainment tonight. 
Well, we we have that, and it's been rumored. I hope it's the truth that the J set's gonna be here. You know, everybody loves to see them prancing J set. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, we have headlining the show is going to be Cupid. We have yeah. Karma, which is a female group mm-hmm. out of Memphis, Tennessee, who just signed a reality television show deal. Uh, these girls are, are tremendous entertainers. Uh, I Am Smoke, which is a hip-hop artist. Montage Theater of Dance, uh, that's a group of dancers that uh, do classic dancing, ballet, and all different kinds, and hip-hop dancing. And finally, Terrell Brinson, who is also going to be on the show as well. So we have about six entertainers uh, on the show tonight, along with the uh, the band, the cheerleaders, and the coaches. And, and good food and music. Good, and very quickly... Food. Tell us about Saturday and, and all of the big headliners coming out uh, Saturday, because that's the main night. Yes, Saturday we have, we have headlining after seven, Trey Williams, Lacey, Big Yayo, Montrell, and uh, Greg P. will be headlining. And we have gospel at the Alamo Theater with uh, Isabel Davis, uh, Helen Miller, uh, Miss Tiffany, Pastor Noel, uh, Douglas Noel, and friends. So we have a gospel stage, a blues stage, and an R&B stage. And then right. you talked about, you skimmed over that real quickly, but you talked about the food. You cannot get the be- better food right. than down at the Fair there Street you go. Festival. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You're talking about turkey legs, fried fish, fried chicken, chicken on a stick. I mean, yeah. the aroma yeah. would just put you in heaven. When the, By the time you get here, you'll be in heaven. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, again, of course, uh, let them know uh, it's starting tonight. The actual kickoff and pep rally starts tonight. What time does it start tonight? Well, the gates open tonight at 5 o'clock. The actual pep rally itself will start at 6.30. So you have plenty of time. Uh, to get here from work, and uh, we'll be waiting on you. But the actual pep rally itself starts at 6.30. Tomorrow, gates open at 4 o'clock, and the gates open. The showtime on tomorrow will be 6 o'clock. That's right, y'all. Great weather. It's going to be nice and cool. Everybody get out and enjoy this fall weather coming in. It's going to be beautiful and a banging show. Thank you so much to my father for coming on. Lee Kane. Well, I'm going to call you my father, too. Thank you, my father. Ain't nothing like two kings on the air at the same time. Look at that. Look at that. I want to be a part of the family, too. (laughs) I got the McAdoo heritage, so we got some heritage going on here. We got some heritage going on here. Well, again, yeah, thank you for coming on the show again and letting us know how you got started in the business and everything 38th Annual Fair Street Heritage Festival. Go ahead and get make plans to go out there this weekend, tonight and tomorrow. It's time for our first break, but do you know what university was located on the corner of Fairs and Griffith Streets for about a year before moving to its new location? We'll tell you when we return. Plus, when we get back, we'll head to Hattiesburg for the Pine Belt Fiber Arts and Quilt Show. Stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. get to a radio? Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. 
This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo in for Mary Margaret Miller here today with Kamel King. Before the break, I asked what university was mm-hmm. located on the corner of Farish and Griffith Street for That's about right. a year before moving to its new location. Where was it? What is it? It was Jackson State That's University. Right. Of That's course, right. of course. Uh, we're going to uh, welcome Martha again in just a little bit. She's the chair of the 17th Annual Pine Belt Fiber Arts and Quilt Show. And yeah. the uh, quilting is a big thing. I mean, I know it's always been a big thing, but... Um, it's getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. So before we get to Martha, uh, let me know what's going on with you this weekend. Look, I am going to be down at the Fair Street Festival all weekend. I cannot wait to pick up my daughter from school. We're going to get ourselves ready, and we are going downtown to enjoy Fair Street. But, I mean, uh, just going back to what he alluded to about Fair Street, mm-hmm. people who are probably under 40 years old, 35 years old, have no idea what Fair Street was. It was like Harlem Mm -hmm. for the South. I mean, all of the artists, all of the uh, African-American entrepreneurs were down there, pharmacies owned by uh, African-Americans. All of the greatest artists came through there. It was a major stop for every national artist to come through there. So uh, I I know you drive through downtown now, and you may not see the opulence of what Fair Street used to be, but that is why this festival is so important, because it keeps the uh, sentiment and the spirit of it going while it's being resurrected, because that really was the Harlem of the South. Yes, and like your father said, resurrecting that and keeping that going for 38 years, Mm -hmm. that's not easy, and they've done it, and they've done it well. Yeah. Speaking of doing things well, we're going to welcome now Martha Ginn. She is the actual chair of the 17th Annual Pine Belt Fiber Arts and Quilts Show. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you. (laughs) How are you doing this morning? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about, before we get started with the uh, event, let's talk about the Pine Belt Quilters. How did you guys get started, and uh, what do you do for your community? Uh, Michelle, would you say that again? I'm sorry. I said, uh, tell us about the Pine Belt Quilters and what you guys do for your community and how you got started. How we got started. Uh, In about 1984, several of us uh, quilters decided we needed to get together and form a guild. And so we started with about 25 members, and uh, we've met monthly, actually several times a month ever since then. We have about 140 members right now. We hold our shows every other year, so it's a biennial show. We couldn't couldn't manage a show every year. There's lots of work involved. Now tell us, uh, you know, outside of the show, tell us about how you even get into quilting and the love and work that goes into just making a quilt and the thought and, and sentiment that goes into it. Um, uh, quilting is, um, well, it sounds like it's really hard work, but it's it's such an enjoyable thing to do. Uh, people for years and years have loved to work with cloth. Uh, most of our important events of our life, our clothes, our bedding, uh, involves uh, cloth. Um we love to stitch either by hand or uh, or sewing machine. Um, I grew up with uh, my grandmother's quilts all around us, and, and they've just always 
give them such a such a comfortable feeling. Uh, nowadays, many quilters not only make quilts for the bed for warmth, uh, they make them uh, as an art um, activity. Uh, I I primarily make art quilts or what I call quilts for the wall now, and there will be many of the quilts in our show like this. Like you will see lots of quilts that would remind you of your grandmother's quilts or your quilts you grew up with. Uh, then there will also be art quilts. We have uh, 292 quilts on display that, that will be judged and have ribbons. Then there will be 54 uh, art quilts by Southern Fiber Artists, and I think people will really enjoy seeing these. All right. And let's talk about one special quilt, the Mississippi Kaleidoscope Quilt. How was that quilt made, and why is it so important? Uh, well, it's um, it's a fundraiser. Uh, it, it's, it's to help us finance our show. All the members are selling tickets for it, and, uh, of course, we can also buy tickets at the show. But usually our raffle quilt or donation quilt, sometimes we call it, um, are made by several people. Maybe they get together and decide on the pattern and then parcel out work to different members, and then it has to all be put together. Susie Jackson does the quilting on it, and it's really a beautiful piece of work. It's 108 inches square, Mm. which is quite a large quilt. Yeah. Now, this year's theme is Celebrate Mississippi. You know, what was the thought process behind that, and and how will that be expressed through the quilts? Um. For every uh, one of our quilt shows, we have a theme, and this year uh, we chose uh, Celebrate Mississippi uh, you know, because of our 200th anniversary, and so we, we have one of the categories in our show where people will make quilts um, to uh, um, celebrate that history. I believe we have 12 quilts like this, and it would be anything a person wants to make that would uh, call attention to things important to Mississippi. All right. So, again, this is actually starting tonight, and it runs through Saturday. So this is a two-day event, Mm -hmm. and it's at the Lake Terrace Convention Center in Hattiesburg. Okay, but it doesn't start tonight. It does not. No, no, no. It's October 5th and 6th, which will be next. October 5th. We're we're just a week ahead. That's That's all. We're just getting everybody (laughs) ready. Yes, yes. It It starts next weekend, but it is a two-day event, October 5th and 6th. And I saw that, you know, just had a little moment right there. But um, October 5th and 6th. And so activities include vendors and silent auctions so people can purchase some a few things that they see. Yes, um, we have oh, probably 25 items in our silent auction, and these will be um, art quilts or wall quilts or miniature quilts, uh, and they're made by some of our most talented uh, people, and uh, so they will, they'll have silent auction sheets that people can bid on and uh, take home a really wonderful piece of art. Uh, Ella Lucas always has a piece in our silent auction, and we have several uh, people who really fight over, over getting to win a piece by Ella Lucas because it's one of one of the best. Then, uh, of course, our vendors. I believe we have thirteen or fourteen vendors. They'll have fabric, all sorts of sewing and quilting supplies. Uh, we'll have door prizes. Another thing people will really enjoy, I think, is the uh, uh, lecture schedule. We'll have. Uh, 
uh, one-hour lectures uh, on Friday and Saturday on different topics of interest to quilters. We have a schedule of those so that, you know, people can plan, go look at the show for a while, go and attend one of the lectures, go back and look at the show, or go through the silent auction and come back and hear another lecture. All of these are free as, as part of the show. Now, this is, I mean, of course, art through through fabric and, and quilting. Does one have to kind of envision where they want to go with the, the quilt, kind of like a, a puzzle, or do you just come up with it as you go? Uh, I, I imagine people work every sort of way. Some mm. uh, buy a book, and they follow a pattern very specifically, exactly cutting all the strips and squares and pieces, you know, just like those instructions say. Other people uh, might take some of their fabrics that they already have. Uh, one type of quilt we call a scrap quilt, and it just means that we use what we have, maybe uh, in multicolors. Some people will go to a fabric store and select certain fabrics, a certain amount of yardage for each. So, uh, it can be done either way. Um, we make a lot of um, children's quilts to uh, to give to uh, children and uh, causes that, that benefit children. Uh, twice a year we give these quilts to uh, our area hospitals, uh, children's shelters, domestic abuse, family center, uh, even the fire department so that they can have something with them. Um, to comfort a child um, if, if a need arises. We also make and uh, donate a lot of pillows. I believe these are primarily given to the uh, uh, emergency room or to the pediatric mm. areas in the hospitals. Uh, walker toads for um, patients recovering from surgery on walkers, uh, uh, that sort of thing. Quilters are a very loving and sharing group of people. Mm-hmm. That's great. So tell everyone where they can find more information about the um, event. And, again, it's next Friday, October 5th and the 6th at the Lake Terrace Convention Center. Let everyone know where they can find more information if they need tickets or it's a free event or what have you. What is the website? Okay, our website is www.pinebeltquilters.com, all, all right. one word. And we have several tabs on there, one tab called Quilt Show, and you can drop down and find out everything you need to know. Uh, we also have a Facebook presence and just Pine Belt Quilters, and I believe uh, you could find lots of information there. Our Facebook coordinator has been posting some of the silent auction pictures, some of the uh, items that the vendors will have for sale. Uh, she's had something on Facebook just about every day. So we hope people are really getting excited about the show. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for spending a little time with us this morning and letting everyone know about the Pine Belt Quilters Arts Show that's mm-hmm. happening again Friday, October 5th, and Saturday, October 6th at the Lake Terrace Center Convention Center in Hattiesburg. We're going to take another quick break, but when we return, we'll head to Hernando, Mississippi, and visit Cedar Hills Pumpkin Patch and Corn Maze. I can't wait. Mm. So don't go far. We'll be right back for more Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio.
mississippionline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo sitting in for Mary Margaret Miller. And today we've been traveling across the state letting you know what's going on this weekend throughout Mississippi. Now, before the break, we spoke with Martha Ginn about the Pine Belt Fiber Arts and Quilt Show in Hattiesburg, October 5th. October 5th and 6th. Next Friday and Saturday. Saturday. Next, we'll head to Hernando and welcome Robert Foster, president of Cedar Hill Farms. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. Hi. I'm so happy you're on the show today to let everyone know. I know about Cedar Hill Farms. Isn't this the best time of year? I mean, it's cooling down. It is absolutely perfect for what you have going on. Well, Robert, welcome to the show. And uh, tell us about, you know, just get into what Cedar Hill Farms is and and where you guys are. Well, we're we're located uh, in the northwest part of Mississippi in DeSoto County, just south of Memphis, Tennessee. So the Memphis uh, metropolitan area is is our market for the most part in all of northwest Mississippi. And it's an agritourism farm. Uh, we are a working farm. We have blackberries and blueberries for U-Pick operation where customers can come out. And we have a U-Pick pumpkin patch and corn maze in the fall, which is our busiest time of year, and choose and cut Christmas tree farm. And, and uh, those are our main seasonal events. And we also offer all types of private corporate events, family reunions, kids' birthdays, weddings, interceptions. We have a big barn that we host those in. And uh, the fall is, is gearing up. We uh, started last weekend with the pumpkin patch, and we have a, a pumpkin patch open all the way to November the 3rd in the corn maze. And there'll be a lot of school tours coming out and families on, on the weekends. And the haunted hay rides and the haunted trail and all of the fun, little scary activities start next weekend on Friday and Saturday nights in October. And we've got a, uh, a Civil War reenactment this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. This is our third year to do the Civil War reenactment as part of our fall festival. So let's talk about, let's go back. You know, we talked about a lot of things going on on the farm. Let's talk about the haunted farm, the haunted Ooh, farm. Boy. I am yeah. so excited. I've been telling everybody about this. So you start off with, a, it's called Cedar Hills Haunted Farm, and it begins October 5th. Tell us what's involved with that. So we have five nighttime attractions on Friday and Saturday nights in October. Uh, one is, is a non-haunted attraction, the corn maze. We keep it open even at night for people that just want something to do that's not scary. They can go through with the flashlight. But then we have four other attractions that are haunted. We have a zombie paintball shoot where there's actors dressed up like zombies, and you get to shoot at them with a paintball gun. And then there's a, a haunted barn. We call that Sinsturbia. And then there's a haunted trail. We call the Trail of Terror through the woods. Mm. And then the Haunted Hayride is the most popular attraction. And uh, the Trail of Terror and Haunted Hayride are the two most popular attractions. Okay, tell us. you have to, Don't give it away. But tell me, <laughs> what makes it so scary? What and, makes and it haunted? Sinsturbia. I mean, sin, Sinsturbia. I mean, explain yeah. that. Sinsturbia, it's a made-up made up name that we came up with for the name of the Haunted Barn. Uh, it means to scare you senseless. 
And, okay. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just made up the word and, and just something unique. And so it's, it's really dark in that barn, and you have to feel your way through a lot of it. And Ooh. there's just a lot of different uh, – there's visual things that, that get you. There's, uh, there's air that blasts you, water that blasts you. There's uh, – you know, our actors don't grab people, but there's a lot of other things that, you know, air and water and other attractions that give you all those senses of touch and feel. And then um, there's uh, just a lot of little surprises in there hidden. So you do have a warning for some of your um, activities, 10 and up. Um, you just recommend it's for 10 and up, right? Correct. On the scarier attractions, the Trail of Terror, Sinsturby, and the Haunted Hayrock, we recommend tenant up the the trail of terror and, and the haunted barn. We actually don't allow anyone, any children under forty eight inches tall, to go in because we don't want somebody to trample them in the dark. Yeah. Their, their own parent will get so scared they may run over. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Wow. That just seems so cool. So, let's talk a little bit about the Civil War reenactment that's happening this weekend. Sure. Uh, well, uh, we this is our third year to do that, and. We have uh, a period era campground where the reenactors camp out, where uh, there's school tours coming out today to see that, and then on Saturday and Sunday as well, and they can walk there and see how they would have lived on the road during the Civil War. And there's a general store set up and a big tent like they would have had back in the day, traveling along with all the the troops. And then uh, there'll be a little skirmish today at 12.15 for the schools to watch, a short little skirmish, and they'll talk to them and, and and answer questions about, you know, the Civil War for them. And then Saturday and Sunday is geared more for the public. The, the main battle is set for 2 o'clock on Saturday, and there'll be cannons and some cavalry. And then Sunday there'll be a little bit smaller battle because some of that reenactors come from quite a distance, and they'll have to travel home on Sunday. But the ones that are more local will stay and do another battle at 2 on Sunday. So you grew up on this farm. This is your family's farm, correct? Correct, it is. So tell us a little bit. How was it growing up? Yeah, what was that farm? like? It, it was, and I'll, and I'll be honest, there were times when I loved it, and then there were times during my youth when I wanted to do anything but be on the farm because it was <laughs> work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted to get away from the work, and uh, and I went off to school and, and at the University of Mississippi Ole Miss, and then uh, about halfway through, you know, two years in, I, I started missing the farm and uh, really was drawn back to it right out of school and, and had all these ideas of how we could grow it and turn it into a, a very unique business. And so I've been busy doing that since 2001. And that was, Man. That was very smart to do. And let us know who's on the farm with you. Is it a family affair with brothers and sisters, or did you hire other people to come in and help you? Yes. Uh, there are uh, many family members that work here full-time. My mother works full-time, my wife, my mother-in-law. So I work with all three of the, the big female roles in my family, and so that's that's interesting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my brother is also full-time here working, and my mm. dad helps some on the on the weekends. And um, uh, we've got, you know, father-in-laws and, and cousins and brothers and sisters, of, you know, that, that come in and work seasonally. Uh, but we have a lot of other uh, seasonal employees as well uh, that come in during our, our seasonal events and help with our weekend corporate events. Okay, wow. and you talked about the Christmas uh, Christmas tree uh, farm you guys have. So not only are you busy during the fall, it's all year round. I know in Easter you have the Easter egg hunt and things like that. So let's talk about what's coming up next for these for the holidays. So the Christmas season is actually growing and growing every year. Um, 
we we started a we we have a choose and cut Christmas tree farm, which is a big big attraction. People come from quite a way distance to do that. But we also started in our big barn um, doing breakfast with Santa on Saturday some years ago, and that got to be such a hit and was booking out. We had to add a brunch and a little and then we ended up having to add a catfish. Um, uh, dinner at one o'clock and then a catfish supper at five o'clock. So we've got, and then we've even added some Sunday brunch and Sunday uh, dinners uh, for the for that month. And people start booking uh, the first week of August to reserve tables for their families. All right. right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and letting everyone know about Cedar Hill Farms and your pumpkin patch and your corn maze. And Sinsterbia. I know. And I'm so looking forward to taking my 14-year-old and her friends and getting scared for the Halloween season. We look forward to having you out. Exactly. You. Well, let everyone know what the, what the website is and where they can find more information about Cedar Hill Farms. Yes, uh, GoCedarHillFarm.com, and we've got... All the social medias, Facebook and Twitter and, and everything, it's Go Cedar Hill Farm as well. And so we'd love to have everybody check us out, and it'd be worth their trip down or up. Ah, thank you so there much. You well, it's time for our final break, but when we return, we'll welcome Southern hip-hop artist Satchmo Flanagan. My God. <laughs> so don't go far. You don't want to miss what's coming up next on MPB Think Radio. a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org/underwriting. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I ain't seen you in a long time, yeah, but I trust that you're doing fine, yeah. Want you to know you're listening that you're to MPB mind, Think Radio. Yeah. This is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Michelle McAdoo filling in for Mary Margaret Miller here today with Kamel King. Now that you're listening to is Southern hip hop artist Satch Mo Lanigan. And it's, of course, you, you heard it here, it's time for our musical segment yes. with our wonderful. Great, great, great Mississippi classical, classically trained yes. artist, Satchmo. What's, what's going on, Satchmo? How you doing? Hey, how's it going, Camille? How's it going, Michelle? How you Man, doing? doing great. Well, look, let's just get right into it because you know I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, you've been a client of mine, we are, and I would call you definitely a friend. This is, uh, listeners, you. one of the most complex hip-hop artist you will ever come across in the nation, let alone from Mississippi. So, Sashmo, won't you give us a little bit of background about you as an artist and what makes you this complex artist? Well, I'm Sashmo Flanagan. I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. And I started playing the cello when I was nine years old. Wow. And... um we, we we played we we played so much. I, I attended Davis uh, Elementary where I actually started, and I studied under Nadine Derby, 
who who also studied under the, the great master cellist Luigi Silva. Mm. And I, I'm I was I'm so honored to to have the experience with them. And she was she was like a grandmother. So um and my mother. My, my mother, she started us playing the cello. She she made sure we we played all the time. We practiced a lot. Private teachers Saturdays. I mean, it was it was a full time job growing up. Wow! But on top, and then you matriculated into getting into hip hop. And and you know what I love about his music is is not only is he an awesome rapper and lyricist and he, singer and this. singer, but I mean great concepts to his songs, great lyrics, uh, great visuals. Then he in, infuses the classical music in on top of it. But he's also a very street guy too, right? you know. So kind of tell us how you blended <laughs> how did, all yeah, of those how did things that, together. Uh, change happened well, from okay, rap. I, to well, classical. I did. I did grow up in West Jackson, a predominantly black poor area, so I definitely experienced that. I definitely had to experience that. Growing up playing a cello, we couldn't afford a cello. We couldn't afford cellos. Um and, and that that's one of the things that, that keep us um out of the classical um eyes. So um my my mother she she must she must have made a deal with the teacher, you know, to, to get these cellos. Because we, we we were tied to her, but growing up in the area, I I, I started doing hip hop first, um, and and like it was the end. It, I started doing hip hop like the end of high school, beginning of college, and I and I wanted to do something different. I've been doing it for a while, and I wanted to incorporate my cello and the, the the live instrumentation of the cello. And I couldn't I could never dumb myself down enough. To appeal to to the um, to to the going the the styles that at the time, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, I was I had grew past that. So, oh. so tell us to, some who are your some of your classical class since you're classically trained. Who are some of your musical influences? Some of my musical influences, um, Yo Yo Ma. That's that's one of um, and and of course Nadine Derby. Um, as far as rap, I, I'm a I'm a Andre 3000 fan, a Jay Z fan, um, a Twist as well. And the soul, I, I make soul music. The cello has has forced me into making music for the soul. If you if you have a soul, I'm gonna find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and um, as far as R and B, my influences, um, I would say Music Soul Child, Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Now, Sashma, what is your writing process? Because, of course, I've been hearing your music over the years, and, I mean, you can span so far through the spectrums from all the way street and trap all the way to some very melodic and, and, and you know, with classical music and singing. I mean, so how do you even get in the zone of writing? Kamel, I, I actually, I, I just do what the, what the music tells me to do. Like, I, I just do what the music makes me how, how it makes me feel. That's how I express myself at the time. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be put in a box. Right. So, how many albums do you have so far? And you are an independent artist, correct? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I, I do. Um, I I um, push all of my material myself. Um, I, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing, and, and no no regrets about it i i I would continue to do it this way because i i love i love doing music i don't want to be 
boggled down by by the money part of music. I love music. So you're working on a new album uh, currently. You well, just, released just released it. Just released it. I just released a new album, um, September 7th, titled Satchmo Suzuki. <laughs> Suzuki. Suzuki came from the method we were taught um, in doing the cello. Okay. It's a Suzuki method, and that was the method we learned under. Who did you work with on this album, uh, locally or um, nationally? Did you work with any other artists? No, this was this was actually a short uh, EP that consists of live cello instrumentation and my and my vocals. Um, it's it's out now iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Now, yeah. to, all, to all the artists, you know, I, I want to give credit to Sashmo on air because you guys need to hear this. Early on, we both sought each other out. I heard his music. You know, he heard of me uh, through one of our good friends and, and one of his real good friends, uh, Chuck, uh, who does Full of Flavor Photography. Full of Flavor, yeah. Yeah, yeah shout out to him. And uh, this guy started early protecting his music, getting his business together, and it's very important. And, and what people don't know is people who are string artists really have a high intellect acumen. Mm -hmm. So why do you think it takes so much intellect to play string uh, string instruments? Thank you, brother. It, it, sometimes, sometimes it makes you feel strange, you know? <laughs> I feel strange sometimes. Right. Yeah. Mm. So you say your mom um, started this with the family. I heard you talk about we a lot. When you say we, your brothers and sisters or brothers, your entire family, did your whole family play string instruments? No, actually, um, my brother and I, I have a, a younger brother that started playing around the same time I was playing. He's an awesome musician, classic carpenter. That's his name. I mean, awesome musician. We We started out... <laughs> Um, doing his thing together. He he was making beats and I was rapping. I met you guys. I don't know if you remember. I met you guys a long time ago and I started uh, okay. listening to you in Classics Music. I actually still follow Classic. He is living <laughs> in, where is he now? In Is he in Los Angeles? He's in L.A., that's right. Yes, He's yes. pursuing his, his career. He um, is. Doing great. Yeah, he's doing great. And so what's your what's next for you? What's your plans? What's what would you like to happen in Satchmo Flanagan's life as far as music is concerned? Mm -hmm. As far as music is concerned, I, I want I want my music to mean something. Um, I, I, I'm actually working on something new. I, I don't I don't want to I want to continue to do the music that makes me feel good, you know, that 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 and and for others for the soul so i'm i'm working on some things that's that's really not involving the cello mm -hmm. my next project so i bounce i kind of bounce around the genres doing um different genres but it, it's all for the soul it's all soul music now sashmo let me ask you this and, and don't be politically correct but you know let's okay. let's be real uh, you've dealt with a lot of artists, you know, from and around the Jackson area as well as Mississippi. And I mean, you're in in the inside. What do you think has held Mississippi back from penetrating the urban music scene 
on a very high level the way other places have done. Because we have some artists who have definitely penetrated, and we can, you know, we can name oh, those yeah. from the banners to the Ray Shrimmer oh, to yeah. the Crits oh, and so yeah. on and so forth. But on a major level, what do you think has been the issue or the holdup? We haven't found. We haven't figured out how to how to get behind one another. We mm. have. We have. We haven't. We're not supporting each other the way we should. We should support each other. Mm. We're, we're just not doing it, mm. yeah, and, that's, and, that, and that's that's stopping us. We don't have the population to go to go platinum here um, in Mississippi. So so Mississippi as a whole has to stick together as a state. I mean, we don't have the people here in Jackson alone. No, um, no one has the population to, to do that in their city alone in Mississippi. So we have so we have to stick together to make an impact. Okay, you're right. Mm-hmm. So who else is Satchmo Flanagan? He's a classically trained musician. You attended Jackson State University. Did you major in music while you were there? Yeah, uh, no, I didn't. I actually majored in English. Oh, okay. But that helps yeah. with your writing, of course. So you're a great writer, very uh, uh, metaphoric. I like to listen to your lyrics and your concepts and your mm-hmm. songs. And again, I'm an older generation. I'm, you know, older, and I can sit and actually you enjoy. You're not an older generation, Michelle. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can listen to your. Well, I'm not going to name names for the other rap. You know, the young. I call it the young rap. I have a 14 year old, so you know I'm talking the difference in the rap I, and the right. I the, have a yeah, I'm not going to name any names. It's one on the tip of my tongue, but I'm not going to name it. it. But some of that other rap, the younger rap now, I I just don't understand it. But your uh, music is very interesting to listen to and soothing because I like jazz and you incorporate a lot of uh, jazz influences in your uh, songs. I love that about your music as well. That's that's actually where my name, my my, the name Satchmo came from, from Mm -hmm. the late Louis Armstrong, the the trumpet player and the scat jazz singer Mm. Louis Armstrong. Yeah. And speaking of uh, scatting, you actually have a great voice. You can sing <laughs> very well to me. You sound, I'm like, is that him? He, that's not anyone else. That's actually him singing on your songs. You have a favorite song by you called, uh, is it Star? Is it, uh, oh. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. songs by you. I'm I, bumping that New Bay right now. That's uh-oh. my that's my song right now. Okay. That, that, okay. <laughs> that's my jam, too. Yeah. Yeah, we're working on that new bay right now. We got to sit down and talk, actually. That's right. So tell That's everyone right. um, if they wanted to find out more about Satchmo Flanagan and listen to your music and see what we're talk we've been talking about today. Where can they go to find out more about you? You could go um, to um, Instagram. Go to first. I want you to follow me on Instagram at Satchmo Flanagan, and you can actually just Google me. I'm I'm out there. Okay. I'm out there. Well, yeah. thank you for coming on the show today and telling us a little bit about yourself. You can always thank find you. him at SatchmoFlanagan.com. We want to thank you for joining us today and thank all of our guests for being a part of our show today. Lee King for the 38th Annual Lee Fair King. Street Festival. Martha Ginn right. with the Pine Belt. Martha Ginn with the Pine Belt. Quilters. Robert with Cedar Hill Farms, Pumpkin Patch and Corn Maze, and Southern hip-hop artist Satchmo Flanagan. Next stop is a production of MPB Think Radio. For Kamel King, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women and join us next week at 10 for another trip on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio.